Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Akron, Ohio in the AA Northeast Championships. It's the Akron Rubber Ducks 6, the Bowie Bay Sox 5. The Akron Rubber Ducks score six runs in the last two innings to come back from a 5-0 deficit with a walk-off hit from Bo Naylor to win the AA championship. So congratulations to the Akron Rubber Ducks. And hey, it is fun to have a championship somewhere in the system, right? Somewhere in the Indians franchise. But you didn't tune into this podcast to listen to that. Maybe you did, actually. Frankly, we talk enough about minor league players, and we're going to talk about some of these players a lot more as the offseason goes on. But you probably tuned in to talk about the Indians and White Sox game from Cleveland, Ohio. It's the White Sox won, the Indians nothing. Let's get into the storylines of that game. I'm Davey Barris, a lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And I told you yesterday, I got to be up for work ridiculously early, which means I'm recording this right after the game ended, which makes this now Cleveland Baseball Nightly. What does Cleveland Baseball Nightly mean? Well, it means, number one, I'm exhausted in trying to record this. Number two, it means it's a lot more gut reaction than what we saw, right? Not a lot of time for deep analysis. We got to react, and we got to react fast. And the thing I'm reacting to is pitching. My God, the pitching in this game. You know, the thing about the White Sox for the last few years is they've been acquiring this ridiculous lineup, right? They've had veterans on their team like Abreu and Tim Anderson, perennial all-stars. Then they go out and get guys like Yohan Makata and Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. And, you know, they build this prolific offense. The thing about it was we always had better pitching than them. We could always hold our pitching above them and, you know, say when it comes down to it, our good pitching is going to beat your good hitting. I don't know. I don't know if we could do that anymore. The White Sox pitching is ridiculously good. And who knows how this game turns out if Dylan Cease doesn't take a ball off the shoulder, off the arm uh, that knocks him out of the game in the sixth inning, right? He was already up to nine strikeouts in this game on 82 pitches. So maybe he finishes the sixth inning, maybe goes the seventh. But Dylan Cease was absolutely locked in and a beast in this game. And any time the Indians even had a whiff, a whiff of a chance in this game, they would get shut down by the strikeout. So uh, he was fantastic on that side for the White Sox. And then the bullpen just picked up right where he left off, continuing to strike out Cleveland Indians hitters. In three and two-thirds innings, their bullpen racks up seven more strikeouts against us on the day. Now, on the other side of things, the big storyline Indians fans, and I can't believe I buried the lead this long, but the big storyline is Shane Bieber makes his return to the Cleveland Indians to Major League Baseball to Progressive Field Mound. Shane Bieber is back, and he looked like Ace Bieber all over again. Three innings pitch, no hits, a perfect three innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts on 34 pitches, was only hard hit three times, looked fan 
fantastic. That was the big storyline of the day. What was he using? What pitches was he mixing in? How was he getting the job done? Well, he was uh, really using all his pitches. He leaned on the fastball the most and then mixed in some good knuckle curves and some sliders. His location wasn't great on the fastball, a little bit all over the place on the fastball, but the curve was really good. The curve and the slider, there were a couple of sliders he really let go, but I think he had a pretty good handle on the curve and the slider, really did a good job of painting the bottom of the strike zone or just getting below the bottom of the strike zone uh, a couple of times with those pitches. Now, the actual player, going on the player breakdown page, the actual breakdown of his pitches. The four-seam fastball, he threw 18 times. The slider, he threw eight. The knuckle curve, he threw six. And the changeup, he threw twice. Now, he did not get any swing and miss on the fastball. But he did get five called strikes. On the knuckle curve, however, he threw it six times, four swings, four whiffs, on that knuckle curve, 100% whiff rate on the knuckle curve, his signature pitch, that is encouraging. That is very, very encouraging. Uh, you know, normally we don't go into, I know we go into ridiculous detail, but we don't go, I'm going through the whole player breakdown page here because this is the first time we've seen him back, and there's some things that are obvious here. Now, obviously, coming back, his velocity is going to be down a little bit. This is like coming out of spring training again, Right. You know, the velocity isn't exactly where you would expect it to be in, say, I don't know, May or June. So his velocity is down about a mile and a half, a little bit more, a little bit less than a mile and a half for every pitch across the board. His spin rate also down, uh, down 100 RPMs on his fastball, down 269 RPMs on the slider, down 369 RPMs on the knuckle curve, and down 246 RPMs on the changeup. So... All his pitches are not spinning like they usually do. They're not breaking as hard as they usually do. The knuckle curve, uh, his yearly average, he averaged about four more inches of break, 53 inches. He was only getting about 49 inches of vertical break on his curveball. So everything you can see is kind of still in spring training mode for Bieber, right? He's not snapping things off as sharp as he did or as deep or throwing it as hard as he did when he was in the prime of the season. But that's what you expect. You expect a guy who's on a pitch count to come back and, you know, not really really blow people away. But I think he blew us all away with how sharp he was. You know, being able to get those strikeouts, inducing weaker contact, I think we were all a little bit impressed with the way Shane Bieber came back. Because I know in his, I think his last minor league start, he did get hit around a little bit. I think he gave up like three runs. And that would have been perfectly acceptable for his first game back. Like, no one would have faulted him for that. If he, as long as he went out there and threw 50 pitches and felt good, that's all we cared about. Who who would have given, who would have cared if he would have given up a couple of hits, a couple of home runs, a couple of runs scored? Nobody. Just as long as he was healthy and was competing out there. But instead, he comes out and pitches really, really well. So hopefully we get to see him maybe one more time. Uh, It'll be on the road one more time before the season wraps up. And it was interesting because they had Jared Wright in the booth for an inning. And Jared Wright talked about the mental aspect of 
doing it one time before the season wraps up. Otherwise, you spend that entire offseason thinking about getting back on that mound, thinking about how is my body going to react when I step back onto that major league mound. And you don't want someone going through an entire offseason overthinking something like that. So now he's stepped out on the mound, he's done it, he struck out a couple of really good hitters for the White Sox, and now he could stick that in his back pocket and have that confidence going into the offseason and getting ready for 2022 and come back and be a Cy Young candidate and be an ace and be an all-star and do all those things that he wants to accomplish, knowing that his body can perform on a major league mountain still. So super encouraging from Shane Bieber. But he wasn't the only pitcher uh, in this one who was fantastic. Uh, All right. We got to get it out of the way because there's only one run scored in this game. One run. And it comes from Luis Robert, who has been in fuego on fire for the entire month of September. Uh, This guy is one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now. And of course, I mean, they only had four hits on the day. But one of them happens to be a solo home run. Luis Robert gets Trevor Steffen on, frankly, an 0-2 count. And Roberto Perez is calling for a pitch away. He's calling for a slider down and away. And Steffen just leaves it a little bit too much on the plate. It's to the outside edge of the plate, but it's a little too much of the plate for Luis Robert. And it's up. It's something he can extend his arms on. And he drives it out to center field for a solo home run. It's Stefan's fault. When the catcher calls for a ball away, you got to get that thing away. Get it in the other batter's box rather than leave it there. You know, you got a guy on the ropes. Make him chase. That's a mistake from Trevor Stefan. But frankly, he actually pitched pretty well besides that. He had three strikeouts on the day. Nick Wickren would come in and have two strikeouts over an inning and two-thirds. It kind of turns into a bullpen day at this point. Anthony Ghosh would come in then. He would pitch an inning and a third. He would have three strikeouts of, uh, you know, no hits, no runs, no walks. Three strikeouts for him on 20 pitches. They couldn't touch him. And then Blake Park, well, I take that back. They could touch him. They just couldn't keep it fair. We're going to get into that in a second. And then Blake Parker comes out and on five pitches goes through the eighth inning. So uh, Anthony Ghost is the one I want to talk about. Ghost, Ghost, how do you say it? I think they're saying it more Ghost. Uh, let's go to his player breakdown because I really want to dig into this one. At first, I was shocked. I was like, eight swings against him and not one whiff. Six swings on his fastball, but six foul balls, not one put in play. They didn't put one in play. They put one, they fouled off one of his sliders and put another one in play. That would be the final out um, of the seventh inning, a ground out to end things in the seventh inning. But, they couldn't put his fastball in play. So at first, I look at that number. You know, I'm, I'm looking on my phone really quick, so I don't have the full picture. I have to scroll over on my phone to see the full picture. So I see six swings and zero whiffs. And I think, my God, this fastball, even though it's 100 miles per hour, maybe it's not as effective as we thought it was. And then I scroll over and see, oh, no, six foul balls and zero put in play. Add to that. Four called strikes on the fastball, including three strikeouts in a row on fastballs looking. Now, that is just fantastic. That is what I'm talking about from Anthony Ghost. That's the kind of thing 
that's the kind of thing that gets you a spot in the bullpen next season. That's the thing that doesn't just get you a minor league invite to spring training, you know, with an invitation to major league camp. That's the kind of thing that might get you a contract. So uh, let's take a look at the locations here, and let's see if I could do these in order. To end the... um, To end... That was in the eighth inning. Um, So maybe I have my innings a little mixed up here. I guess he... Oh, that's right. He finished the seventh and then came in and pitched the eighth. So he finishes the seventh by freezing Cesar Hernandez on a 2-2 count with a 100.2 mile per hour fastball for a called strike three to end the inning. This is just painted at the knees, uh, just to the inside of the strike zone. Then to start the eighth inning, he goes high this time to get Andrew Vaughn, goes high and tight with a fastball that paints, I mean paints the inside edge against Vaughn. And then finally, Get Zach Collins looking on the exact same spot almost. He got Cesar Hernandez. This one was actually a little bit lower, and he got the benefit of the doubt from the umpire. He got the strike. A 99.5 miles per hour on a 2-2 count to strike out Zach Collins. Three strikeouts in a row, all on that spectacular fastball of his. So great job by Anthony Ghost there. And, I mean, Cleveland pitching did everything they could to keep us in the game. But the White Sox pitching was just a little bit better. And frankly, the strikeouts, I mean, Dylan Cease was on fire. Four strikeouts via the slider. Four strikeouts via the fastball. One, he got Ahmed Rosario with the changeup. Speaking of that, Ahmed Rosario is back. Ahmed Rosario made his return to the lineup. Uh, You know, instantly in the first inning, you know, the impact was felt from his speed. He's able to reach in that first inning. On what's later ruled an error, first ruled a hit, later changed to an error. But you got to imagine the speed forces, I think it was Moncada, to rush the throw, which pulls Abreu off the back just a little bit, just enough for Ahmed Rosario to be safe. You got to imagine his speed was the reason that that throw was rushed, that that throw was wide, and it impacts the game right there. Unfortunately, Jose Ramirez would ground into a double play. Uh, the guys at the top of the lineup, and Bradley Zimmer led off. Straw got the day off. Um, you got to imagine they they did a little bit. They all did a little bit to try to do things in this game. Jose Ramirez had two hits on the day. Ahmed Rosario was on base twice. Bradley Zimmer was one for four. But um, Famille Reyes goes 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Bobby Bradley behind him, 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. So, even if the Indians got something going, then Harold Ramirez and Owen Miller each had a hit. Uh, but Roberto Perez, 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. Oscar Mercado in the nine hole, 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. So even when the Indians had something going, like I said, the strikeout would come back to bite him in the butt and would end any rally, any chance at a rally. So that was this, you know, that was the storylines of this one. It was all about that pitching. And I mean, the White Sox were just a little bit better on the day. Just a little bit better pitching on the day from the White Sox. Frankly, uh, the White Sox actually gave up more hard-hit balls. They gave up eight hard-hit balls on the day compared to the Indians pitching staff, which only gave up six. So, I mean, it was one pitch. Trevor Steffen, one pitch. If he gets that slider just a little bit more outside, I might not even be recording this podcast. We might be into the 11th or 12th inning by now. So... That's what it was. One pitch made the difference on the day. But the good news is Shane Bieber's back. I'm in Rosario's back. 
I think this is Harold Ramirez's first game back since he ran into the wall in New York. We got Harold Ramirez back. I mean, this lineup looks a lot better with those guys in the lineup. But I think the lineup is the thing that's going to need the work. It's going to need the work. We have the pitching. We absolutely have the pitching to go in the next season and compete with these White Sox. You know, they're not going to slow down anytime soon. So we've got to step up. We have to invest in this offense, make this lineup look a little bit stronger. I know that, you know, Jose Ramirez is really our only all-star in this lineup. Maybe Fermil Reyes can get to that point. But right now, Jose Ramirez is the only all-star in the lineup. We have got to find some reinforcements for him to compete with this White Sox lineup. I mean, they're running out Anderson and Makata and Abreu and Jimenez and Robert as their first five batters. That is insanely talented. So, yeah, uh, we got some work to do to compete with this White Sox team. And that's where we're going to be. We are going. It's not like the Minnesota Twins where we're going to fall apart and drop to the bottom of the division. It's not going to happen with the pitching we have. We have to find a way. We are going to be the main competition for the White Sox. And we have got to find a way to reinforce this offense. But that is a long conversation for the offseason. Let's wrap this one up. Let's wrap it up. It's late. I got to get out of here. I got work in the morning. All right. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly. For show merch, remember to visit clevelandbaseballmornings.myspreadshop.com. Premium t-shirts, hoodies, it's getting hoodie season, it's definitely getting to be hoodie season in Cleveland here, coffee mugs and more for men, women's, kids stuff, We show off your pride for Cleveland baseball and help spread the show's name, that's what it's about, people see you wearing the shirt, hey what is that, it's a podcast I listen to, high quality shirts and gear, the link is in the show notes and it's my pinned tweet on Twitter, at Davey Barris, again the final from Cleveland, it's the White Sox one. Indians nothing but the final from Akron it's the arrow six not the arrows the rubber ducks the rubber ducks six the Bowie Bay Sox five congratulations again to the rubber ducks you can follow me on twitter at Davey Barris you can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show also I'm hosting this podcast on anchor so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash cleveland baseball mornings you can leave a voicemail for the show We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly. Nightly.